0: This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.
1: And for this Thursday, September 30th edition of Wellspring, we once again welcome back Sarah Dockerslew. Good morning, Sarah.
0: Good morning, Gary, and welcome to Wellspring, a live broadcast sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital. And we are doing this uh, Segment by Zoom, and delighted to have Tony Boltheist, immunization team supervisor from the Ottawa County Department of Health, back with us today. And we are going to talk about something that is going to be occurring probably very soon in our community, and that's the seasonal flu. And she's going to talk about that and prevention measures. So, Tony, it's always a delight to have you on. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, Tony, what is your background?
1: I have been a bachelor's of science in nursing prepared nurse. I graduated from Trinity Christian College in 1991. So, I've been a nurse for 30 years. Uh, I started in pediatrics and inpatient pediatrics at Loyola University Medical Center. So, learned a lot as a, as a working in a um, in a medical center with a. Um, residency and medical students there and then moved to Holland in 2002 worked at Hope College for 13 years as a nurse for the students which was an awesome experience. I had a short stint as a um, nurse care manager too but then ended up here uh, in 2016 as an immunization nurse and then the, the, uh, was um, promoted to
0: the supervisor in 2018. So you have a lot of wealth of experience that you bring to your job and thank you for all your service in all of those areas. So seasonal flu, what is it? It is
1: a respiratory virus uh, that or a virus that causes respiratory infections. Uh, And it's um, something that circulates throughout the world continually. So it's not something that ever goes away. It's just not might not be the season where it's, you know, causing a lot of issues for us. If it's not here, it's somewhere else in the world. So it's serious, isn't it? It can be serious. It certainly can be, uh, kind of like COVID. We can go from a mild illness or it can be pretty severe. It could be um, to the point of hospitalization and we do have deaths from the influenza
0: uh, viruses. So Tony, who's at risk for getting the seasonal influenza that we're talking? And we're talking about that, the virus, the respiratory one, not the gastroenteritis. Yes. No. And that's what we
1: have a bad um, reputation for using is saying the stomach flu. There is no such thing. That's gastroenteritis. This is the influenza, which is the respiratory infection. And everyone's at risk for getting it. Uh, We can pass it along without even knowing it because we can pass it along even before we are feeling symptoms. So everybody's at risk. So talk about some of those symptoms. Um, You know, we always, you know, we always have little sayings for things, but, uh, and we always talk about, you feel like you got hit by a truck because Mm -hmm. it comes on very suddenly. It's the body aches. It's a headache. Sore throat, usually a dry cough, but almost always a cough with it, fever, a lot of the times, uh, and, and the, the headaches, sore throat, you know, it might even take extra energy just to walk up the stairs. And that's what the influenza is.
0: So talk about how is it spread?
1: it is a respiratory virus. So the same way as COVID. So you sneeze out into the air, you cough out, that's where that's going to, it's going to just be out in the air. So anybody else breathes that in, um, or if it lands on a surface, like a doorknob or something, and somebody else, you know, uses that doorknob and puts their hand in their mouth or nose or eyes.
0: That's how we transfer this virus. So, you know, you mentioned doorknobs, you know, how long can the virus stay on there, you know, that you have to be concerned? I know, you know, as part of COVID, you know, we all bought the, the, the wipes, you know, and we were very diligent about doing that. The same thing should be true with the, with the flu coming, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, you know, that's not the main way
1: we're going to get it, but it does happen. It's a lot of times that the virus though is on our hands and we're going to shake hands with somebody else. We're going to touch something right before somebody else. And the more we wash our hands, use hand sanitizer and wipe down things during flu season, even your own microwave and refrigerator and your own doorknob and your car, you know, knob or, you know,
0: handles, those are things that are going to help prevent us from getting the flu too. Okay, so we've talked about the symptoms and the the spread of it, but how long can an infected person spread the seasonal flu to others?
1: There's about a two-day window between the time that you're exposed and obviously how much virus you get in, whether or not you're going to get sick or not, but it's two days between that time frame before you to show symptoms. So that 24 hour time frame before you're showing symptoms, you can already be spreading that virus all the way up through about seven days after, you know, getting sick. If you're immunocompromised or a child, they can actually spread that virus longer than seven days.
0: Okay. So, you know, here we're in the middle of a beautiful fall day and we don't yeah. like to think about the influenza, but what is the peak season for the flu? And, you know, I guess I'm gonna ask you, you know, as you know, the Ottawa County Health Department, have you seen any flu yet in the area? Um, you know, I don't work in the communicable disease area, but I haven't
1: heard any rumblings that there's a, a, a flu outbreak yet. Okay. Usually, yeah. you know, all of the supervisors would be notified in regards to that. Um, we've had a couple here and there that we've heard about the flu, um, but nothing huge yet. However, flu peaks usually, December, January, February, sometimes March. But we know in Holland we had H1N1 really late in the season years ago. It was that end of May thing. I worked at Hope College so I remember this kind of thing. Um and it kind it, it was it was a nerve-wracking time. What do we do? Um and so we know that this can happen but most throughout the fall winter late or early spring. But it can happen all the way through May. You know, we don't want to say that that's our peak season, but I would say December through March would be peak
0: season. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about COVID. How did COVID impact the flu season last year? A
1: lot of that could have been all of our mitigation um, actions that we did. So we weren't gathering. We weren't, you know, there weren't a ton of people in school gyms watching activities. Restaurants had less people in them. A lot of people weren't going to church uh, if they did, they were masked. We were wearing masks. Uh, kids weren't in school. So a lot, and we're washing our hands more, we're wearing masks. So a lot of those mitigation strategies that we used for COVID uh, also had an effect on the, on the flu numbers. And flu numbers
0: were down then as a result? Way down, way down, across the world, way down. Mm-hmm. Okay, that really is something to keep in mind. You know, I mean, as right now, we're in the middle of a COVID outbreak. And you know, the thought of having a flu outbreak on top of that, I'm certain, you know, I know, you know, from a hospital perspective, I mean, we're busy, um, you know, from a health department, I'm certain those are questions that you are all asking yourself to what if that happens?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we're having an employee flu clinic right now, you know, for our, for our public health and we've got people signed up like crazy. So, um, we just really want to prevent that from happening. And the best way to do that, uh, is get vaccinated and then use those same mitigation strategies. You know, I think I, from this point on, if I feel like I'm coming down with something like a little tickle or whatever, I might be wearing a
0: mask, even if we don't have to wear masks, but maybe to prevent somebody else from getting what I have. Okay. So you mentioned that you're having an employee, you know, flu clinic. And I know, you know, at Spectrum Health too, I got the notice in the, the mail to, you know, to sign up to get that vaccine. Okay. So let's talk about that. That is, you know, the best way to prevent getting the flu. Who should get it? I mean, you said, you know, that it affects people of all ages. So talk about the age range of someone who should get the vaccine. Anybody six months and age and older. That's who should be getting the flu vaccine. Okay. And is there anyone that shouldn't, who should not get it?
1: Only those who've had a life-threatening allergic reaction to a component in the flu vaccine should not be getting a flu vaccine. And those okay.
0: are, you know, younger than six months. You know, you mentioned, you know, that the health department is offering, you know, the vaccine for its employees. I know at Spectrum Health, um, we could sign up to get it already tomorrow. Um, how long is it effective for and is it better to get it earlier than later? You know, when you talk about the peak season being, you know, maybe December through March, does the vaccine have, you know, a certain amount of time that the immunity is, is, is good for? it kind of does
1: um so we don't want you getting it you know early august you know uh because sometimes the flu vaccine can be in pharmacies already at that point at that or in offices at that time if it's infants are on a little bit of a different schedule so um, specifically for infants, if if they need to start their first flu series, yes, we can get them going. You know, end of August because they need a series of two vaccines if they've never been vaccinated before. But adults who are getting a seasonal allergy uh, or season um, flu seasonal flu vaccine, sorry about that, um, that would be something that we would usually suggest September, October, even mid late October is fine, especially for seniors, for those who are a little bit elderly. We want them to have the best protection during that flu season. So we don't want them to have it too early. It lasts about six to eight months. And that's where, so that's why we don't want you, you know, getting it too early, but yes, before the flu um, season starts, it's kind of like putting a bike helmet on. You know, you're going to put your bike helmet on before you actually get on the bike. So
0: let's get the flu vaccine before flu actually comes around. Tony, how long does it take for those immunities to, you know, develop in your body? So, you know, when you get it, um, is it a week? Is it two weeks, a couple of days? You know,
1: everybody's different, but on average, we say 10 to 14 days with planning on two weeks.
0: Okay. You know, some people will say, I don't want to get the vaccine because I'm, I can get the flu from it. And, you know, address that, that question. You cannot
1: get the flu from the flu vaccine. Um, it is a we call it a dead or an inactivated virus. So there is no part of that flu um, germ in that that vaccine at all. So you cannot get the flu from the flu vaccine. What people are feeling is an immune reaction after that. Or if they do test positive within two weeks after that vaccine, they were exposed before their full immunity actually kicked in. Mm. So that's, you know, and I know I feel, a little tired the day after I get a flu vaccine, that's normal. That's my immune system kicking in, you know, and if you do get sick, it might be a cold and not the flu
0: either. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, some people may be eligible to get the COVID booster. Um, If so, should there be a certain amount of time between when they get the booster, the COVID booster I'm talking about and Mm -hmm. the flu shot?
1: None at all. They can even get it at the same time, same day. We want them to not even worry about that. We don't want to miss an opportunity, get vaccinated. if You can get them both done at the same
0: time. Okay. You know, in the past, you know, there's been options. You know, some people can get the nasal. You know, you mentioned that the little children, you know, have a two dose. What options are there to get the vaccine this year? Are there different options? There are, there's the injectable
1: uh, vaccine and there's different kinds so that even people are, who are allergic to eggs can still get the flu vaccine. There is the flu mist, the nasal mist. There are a little bit more restrictions on that because there are only certain, you know, age ranges and um, medical conditions that, you know, people shouldn't get that flu mist. And then there's a high dose flu injectable vaccine also. And that is for older people over the age of 65, just because their immune system needs a little extra boost.
0: Okay, so let's talk about, you know, I know you can get the vaccine, you know, at, at pharmacies and other places. Where can people get it? I'm certain the Ottawa County Health Department has uh, vaccine clinics that um, are scheduled in the future. We unfortunately, we really don't. Um, okay. We because
1: of the fact that people can get the vac- the flu vaccine everywhere. Now, yeah. we used to do that before it was available in pharmacies and things like that. But now, Uh, primary care physicians have it, uh, and pharmacies all have the flu vaccine, so it's very easy to get and very readily available, and so we are working on some clinics that the state has um, given, is going to provide us with some flu vaccine for those who are uninsured, because they can't go everywhere to get that flu vaccine, so we're working on a little bit of that, and we might have some of those doses available for adults over the age 19 who are uninsured, we can always see children under 18 and under if they don't have insurance. We can always see those kids here for flu vaccine.
0: Oh, that's really nice, and people would get that information on the website when you know if when and if that is available. Hey, Gary, yes. I think have a question about needles.
1: Yes. Uh, well, before we took air, Tony Boltice, uh, CBS ran a little feature about uh, trying to work with people who have a phobia about getting jabbed. They don't like needles, uh, and you mentioned and you mentioned about the nasal, which is a good alternative. But uh, you know that, that's that that is a concern not just with COVID, but you know the flu shots and other things as well. It is. It is. And we tend to work with, especially with kids who, I mean, and adults, we do too, um, who have these phobias, but we have people who come in who really want to travel and they know they need these vaccines. And those are adults. We have children who come in. So we work really well with a lot of those people um, to try to get over that fear a little bit. And it's amazing. It's so much in your mind versus and thinking about the worst Compared to the vaccine. So, like, even when people come through the COVID clinics or the flu clinic, you know, flu clinic that we're doing now, they hate needles and they're like, oh, it's done. It's done. That's it, you know? And so that's where we kind of mentally walk through them or completely distract them. And all of a sudden it's done and over. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't have to worry about this. But it is, it's a lot to walk through. And we do a
0: lot of that with children just to get them past that fear. So, Tony, where can people get more information about the flu. I mean, certainly they can listen to this podcast, which will be up soon on WHTC, um, but there must be information on the Ottawa County uh, website. There is, there is. And that is um,
1: the www.miottawa.org website. The MDHHS website is fantastic. And that is um, www.michigan.gov. Forward slash flu that has really good resources on there. And their primary care physician is a wonderful place to get information about the flu too.
0: So we have probably about 30 seconds left. Any last thoughts as you know, we're in the midst of this COVID surge and we're possibly, you know, entering the flu season. What last thoughts do you have for us?
1: I, I guess I would just really encourage people to be vaccinated. It's this is important. And I know sometimes the argument is. You know, oh well, it. You know, some years it's only 50% effective. Well, you know what? 50% is better than zero. And by doing that, even if even if we get vaccinated, and we get a mild illness that might prevent us from being hospitalized, especially those who have medical conditions. And it's going to stop us from passing it to others. And that's what we want to do: take care of
0: our community. Tony, thank you for taking care of our community and for what your staff is doing and for sharing your expertise. Go get that flu shot. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. Until next week, Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital wishes you well. Thanks for listening to Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.